0: not a new issue in Kansas. But amid the pandemic, thousands of Kansans have come face-to-face with the threat of eviction. Estimates indicate 27,000 Kansas renters are currently behind on their rent, and about 14,600 are at risk of eviction. While COVID-19-related moratoriums and relief programs have provided temporary relief for some, housing advocates warn a crisis could be bubbling without adequate policies. On this episode of the Kansas Reflector podcast, Shelton Brown shares the voices of those most impacted.
1: I met Sheena Mooney at her home in Topeka, Kansas. She lives in a trailer park a few miles from Washburn University. Sheena was evicted from a rental property last year because she couldn't afford the rent, so the place she has now is considered an upgrade. The SUV parked in her driveway was where she had been living after she was evicted. It's an orange Nissan Xterra, but one of the doors is a faded black color. She doesn't have much, but for now it's enough, she tells me. For Sheena, it wasn't just that she had lost her job, but that she didn't receive much financial support after the fact. She describes it as one of the worst times of her life.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm a, a little nervous because I've never had a microphone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, I to- I, I'll get used to it, you mm-hmm. know? And, but the, this, is, this is my place. The house that I had before was um, the first time that I had something of my own. It was a rental, obviously, but I was I was finally an adult, you know what I mean? I, like many adults, didn't mature until maybe 30, and I had my son at 30. I have two kids. Um, Angela is 17, and Sonny is 8, and... This house I worked my, my butt off for, I mean, working one full-time job and side jobs. Cause I trying to start my own business, a cleaning business. And I have a lot of clientele and um often non-clientele, you know, and I gain customers all the time. So when the pandemic hit, I was working for a company that I was at Frito-Lay actually, and I loved it there was fast paced. I have to always be on my feet, on my feet, you know, and busy at all times. So I don't know what the deal was, but I was doing very well. And then all of a sudden, I guess maybe my, my performances were, my performance was going down. And before I know it, I I, I didn't have a job anymore, but I was on time. So it was, it's, it's complicated. It was like a relationship. I loved my boss. He, he was very open-minded, free-spirited. You know, we were we were at a, a good level, but um, we just come from different uh, different levels as far as business, you know. And when I try so hard at performing the way that he wants me to perform, it felt like I was just losing everything. Everything was just going downhill. And I'm like, I don't know how much harder I can try. So they said, they just decided that maybe enough was enough of something that I wasn't recognizing at the time and that I couldn't fix, you know? So it was like, in my mind, no matter how hard I was working, it was, it wasn't going anywhere for me, but I loved the job.
1: When Sheena described her situation to me, she said that she had been let go after describing a problem with her car to a manager. I wasn't able to get a response from Frito-Lay for this story, but workers at the company have raised concerns about the work environment. Some have described it as a place where time with your family goes to die. Others have alleged that you could be fired for taking too much time off. So when it comes down to it, I can't exactly verify this part about Sheena's story, But it doesn't sound too far off from what others are saying. And the consequences are real for people like Sheena, especially in a pandemic.
2: I don't like telling people my business, you know? Um, but this was something that needed to be heard. How did this happen? How was I able to fall through the cracks and Get no help.
1: To try and get a grasp on how much the pandemic has affected people across the state of Kansas, I spoke to Vince Munoz. He has a day job at the University of Missouri in Kansas City, but he's the PR person for an organization called Rent Zero. To be technical, it's not really an organization. I would basically describe it as a neighborhood watch, but for people who can't afford their rent because of the pandemic.
3: Yeah, that's correct. So we are just literally a group of people who came together. Um, the founders, the kind of four main founders of Rent Zero had previously worked on um, issues related to Medicaid expansion. And even though they lost that fight, um, they ended up coming together and uh, developing you know, close relationships with one another, friendships and, and just good working relationships. So they decided to form Rent Zero um, in March of 2020. And, uh, you know, we're not a formal nonprofit, we're just a group of people who kind of adopted this uh, identity and uh, decided to run with it. And so, um, you know, we've been doing, you know, we don't have any funding and we've been doing 100% of our work volunteer uh, for the past year and a half. But um, in that time, I think that we've uh, clearly uh, demonstrated that in the state there's a lot of energy for housing justice issues, a lot of people really care, and a lot of people are affected by um, different types of injustice within the housing system
1: and the rental markets. When Vince got involved with Rent Zero, he was focused on housing policy. He helped send a petition to Kansas legislators about a need for reform in this particular field. The petition got over 200 signatures in just a couple weeks. But I found it interesting that Vince eventually began to see himself not just as an advocate. And that's key because the general idea around being an advocate for a certain cause is that it looks as though that the advocate is separate from the issue itself. This isn't always true, but it can appear that way sometimes. But this isn't the case for Vince. He feels the tension on this issue because he's a tenant himself. And I know this because we sat in his apartment for the interview.
3: I mean, I think that many of us, especially in places like Kansas, are kind of not uh, taught to think of ourselves as being affected by economic issues in a negative way. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of statistics about the number of Americans and and Kansans included who, you know, call themselves middle class and then statistically speaking are not, or the the picture is a little bit more complicated than that. And um, I mean, we really are just like living in a time when you know, the wealthy continue to get wealthier and the rest of us really don't have as much of an opportunity as our parents did. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, at Rent Zero, we're trying to help people realize, like, we've all got skin in the game. Like, if you're not someone who is exceedingly wealthy already, you know, one emergency is all it can take, really, to uh, lead you to ha- to experience eviction or for- foreclosure. Um, and, you know, I mean, none of us are really as stable financially as we think we are.
1: And in this case, the the one emergency being the pandemic.
3: Yeah, I mean that's an, that's like kind of a societal emergency that we experience, and that's another thing too. Is that you know even if you don't think personally that you know it may not be like you know an accident that you experience or a job loss that you experience or something, it might be a society wide thing. But yes, but also at the individual level, I mean we're all just like you know kind of teetering even those of us who do have a little bit of stability you know are just kind of teetering on the edge and and we really need to be in a place and we deserve to be in a place as people where we're not just one emergency or just one you know kind of social issue away from losing our housing or not knowing um, whether we're going to be able to afford to make our mortgage payments or our rent.
1: Vince and I talked a bit more about the difficulty of eviction during the pandemic. For folks like Vince, the eviction itself is important, but it's also why people are being evicted that's worth a second look. This has been a focus for organizations like Rent Zero. Another problem is data. We don't really know how many people are losing their housing right now. The U.S. government keeps very little information on evictions. According to Eviction Lab, over 480,000 evictions have been filed by landlords across six states. Missouri is included in this number, but Kansas isn't. But even with this information, we still don't know how many of these cases have ended in eviction or not. The last person I spoke to for this story was a man named Dave Patel. He and his wife manage a Motel 6 in Topeka. Dave told me that since August of last year, he's seen an influx of people staying at his motel because they've lost their housing. Dave told me he feels torn. He knows it's good for business. But as a common man, he feels for these people because they're showing up to a place that was built to remind them that this isn't
0: their home. That was Shelton Brown bringing you the latest on the housing dilemmas in Kansas... This episode was produced by myself, Noah Taborda, and the music was brought to you by Blue Dot Sessions. That's all for this week. Until next time, thanks for listening, Kansas.